In our last episode, we discussed some of the significant contrasts of 2020, notably in the small cap space and what that might mean going forward. But the meaningful contrasts weren't limited to just small cap equities. We saw a massive performance differential between growth and value indices across market capitalizations for most of last year, but a sharp reversal towards the end of the year has led value to stage an equally strong comeback that's continuing today. This is Markets in Focus from Carillon Tower Advisors. I'm your host, Matt Orton. Join me and my colleagues as we discuss the latest trends and developments driving the markets. Visit us at marketsinfocuspodcast.com for additional episodes and insights. I'm lucky to be joined by Steve Singleton, head of risk at Carillon Tower Advisors and developer of a proprietary risk analytics platform that helps us, among other things, understand and contextualize factor performance in the market. Steve, thanks for being here today. Yeah, thanks, Matt. Glad to be here. Great to have you. And I think it would make sense to go back a few months and dig a little bit deeper into the reversals we saw in November with respect to growth and value, particularly after the positive vaccine news was announced. Uh, So Steve, maybe you can set the stage for our listeners for what we saw happen. Uh, Sure, Matt. You know, I think what happened in 2020 overall was, you know, quite historic. We entered 2020 essentially already in what we would consider an elongated recovery cycle from the Great Recession of, of 2008. And you know, at the time, there were thoughts that, you know, perhaps uh, we were going to take a pause, but uh, then we were introduced to uh, COVID-19 in January, and that dramatically changed everything as interest rates plunged to historic lows, setting the stage uh, for equities to really prosper in sort of a growth at any price type of environment. And so longer duration equities, which are essentially growth names, did extraordinarily well and widened the the gap between growth performance and value performance to some 3,500 basis points through the first three quarters of the year. But then that changed as a discussion around uh, vaccine development and deployment looked extraordinarily positive that, that we might be able to see something by year end, by Q1 of this year. And that essentially started the cyclical trade where we began to look at those beaten down value names, the stuff that would reopen in an environment where we saw vaccines that were successfully deployed being the driver. And so that was sort of uh, what we began to see in November, and we saw into the end of the quarter and actually extending now through uh, Q1. One thing you said was interesting, the, the beaten down deep value names, because we definitely noticed a, a lot of, I'd say, the, the names that did the worst starting to do the best in the fourth quarter. So maybe you can comment a little bit on what I would say deep value names initially driving that sort of value recovery. And then are we starting to see some normalization from this right now? Yes, yeah, so the deep value names are very deep value cyclical sectors that do well uh, in a normal economy. So this is, you know, stuff like travel related, you know, airlines and cruise lines and, and uh, you know, some of the smaller sectors with, you know, mom and pop shops. These are areas that uh, 
during the first nine months of 2020, found it very difficult to gain any footing as as COVID essentially shut the economy down. And so they had a very powerful snapback at the prospect that uh, we would see vaccines deployed in such a way that we would be able to reopen the economy. And do you think the the outperformance of some of those names was was a headwind or a tailwind for active managers? It was actually a tailwind for those managers that are actually a little more cyclically focused and a bit of a headwind for those managers that tend to have portfolios uh, that are structured with longer duration, very growth-like equities. You saw you know, the latter group there underperform a bit in Q4, while the former group actually caught some footing and did quite well. Yeah, I think it's, it's particularly interesting when you look at it active manager performance from the fourth quarter. And, and one area that I think was, was hurt a little bit, or especially hard, came in the small cap space because in addition to this growth versus value change that we saw take place, we've also seen size reverse pretty sharply. And we've seen a massive rally in small caps and micro caps uh, with momentum having a reversal. Maybe you can give some color or, around these factors that have been at play. No, absolutely, I, and 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 that's exactly it. It wasn't just uh, it wasn't just growth versus value. Size was was big as well. As we were in the uh, first nine months, the you know the growth trade had a larger size component to it because it looked like some of the bigger technology names that could drive a sort of stay at home theme and that essentially alienated uh, the smaller names. So. Again, once we could see reopening on the horizon, the smaller names uh, snapped back with a very, very powerful surge. And so you saw the very smallest areas of it really push hard and lead that surge in through Q4 and now into Q1. And so I think the natural question then is, especially in your seat as as someone who looks at risk um, for active managers, what sort of precautions can active managers take to protect their portfolios from these these powerful surges that you described? And do you think there's any lessons that we can take from what's transpired over the past few months? Yeah, well, I think, you know, the difficulty that a, a transition, a very pronounced transition like we've seen in both style and size, which, you know, historically are the two most powerful factors that explain most of the market performance outside of beta to your respective benchmark. You actually need to essentially adhere to it on the on the size with, with, with respect to size. That is, if you're way up market cap stream, you're going to probably in a situation like that, you're going to probably underperform. There's just really no way to get yourself into the smaller areas. If you are leaned more way, one way towards growth, perhaps uh, over value. It's probably a signal that you want to be a bit more diversified and, and even bifurcated to a certain extent where you where you own some of those names that perhaps you wouldn't own or in the sector areas that you wouldn't own, just so you balance out the portfolio a little bit more and give it a more of a core feel rather than than one style feel. On the size piece, uh, what's interesting there is that 
when you get these types of, of uh, size moves, small size moves, right? Liquidity tends to put a finite end to the time frame where that can actually run its course and, and hurt you. So typically we see, you know, and, and in a case like what we have now where micro caps have moved really strongly, it only lasts three to six months because you can only get so much liquidity down into micro caps. So you can withstand some of that in that case, but the, the, the value versus growth thing is, is best mitigated through balance. And when you talk about balance, we're not talking about making wholesale changes to names in a portfolio, where we're talking about making marginal changes, making some slight weight changes, correct? Uh, correct. That's the way that we that we think about it, is we tend to use the concept of factors and factor tilting to lean us towards uh, the exposure that we want. Great. So I think maybe let's transition now from having talked about style and size and move into another, I think, important factor, uh, which is momentum. And another theme that we have seen play out since the positive vaccine news has been that some of the biggest winners from last year uh, have been struggling, they're still struggling, and have been under increasing pressure with rising interest rates as well. And then you have sectors like energy and financials that have been on a tear with this reopening trade, like cruise companies and airlines. Do you foresee a normalization of this bifurcation? And what are some ways that active managers can avoid being overexposed to these types of reversals? So with respect to normalization, I think we're seeing that uh, begin actually right now where the stocks that uh, and the sectors and groups that did not do as well over the last six months are now beginning to do well again. And, you know, and those are large cap in particular. It's technology in particular. It's the old it's the old growth trade. And it's sort of coming back while the cyclical trade takes a bit of a break here. And interestingly enough, takes a bit of a break as interest rates are sort of uh, taking a bit of a break here. And what are some steps that active managers can take to avoid being overexposed to these sorts of reversals uh, that we've seen play out over the past couple of months? It's a really tough time. There's just you know tons of uh, a factor noise, if you will, that has gone that have gone on over the past uh, several months, and really, it's a time for managers to be as balanced and diversified as possible. And, and it's really a time for, you know, them to, to try to push the, you know, the error or the gain into stock selection, but to be extremely balanced across factors and sectors. And in addition to this bifurcation we've seen, another trend that I've noticed playing out recently is that lower volatility stocks, the ones that tend to be more defensive, pay higher dividends, and, and thus are more sensitive to increases in interest rates, had been bouncing off of multi-decade lows with respect to the broader market. Do you think that this is just a short-term bounce, or is there any reason to believe that low vol could start to perform better going forward? You know, I think low vol and its connection really to yield and the yield factor will continue to be a, you know, a play, a safe haven for this year. But again, it's not a place that I would go play, right? I would still consider it in a in a larger, broader context and theme. So, you know, yes, you will do fine if you've got 
dividend yielding stocks this year. Yes, you will do fine if you've got lower volatility names that are probably higher quality. Yes, you will do well if you've got that. But again, thinking about it in the larger context of a, of a balanced, diversified uh, portfolio. And so then putting all of this together, how would you look at asset allocation from the perspective of an investor who's trying to play across all of the style boxes and is maybe concerned about some of the factor whiplash that we've been experiencing lately? Probably more than any year in the last uh, several, this is a year to be as balanced. Core should be a, a great, comfortable place to be and in equities. And that way you naturally bifurcate yourself uh, across uh, many of the themes that uh, you've brought up. And when you're thinking about that from a portfolio management standpoint, what are some ways that that you might recommend to to help nudge yourself in that direction? Or say you may have had a heavy exposure to to growth or size or value or whatever it might be. How how can you kind of force yourself or, or think about making those changes? Typically, the, you know, the factor that works best in a time like this is quality. And it's actually really started picking up since the middle of last month. It was, it was good for the quarter, but particularly strong since the middle of last month. And what quality does is quality reaches across value and growth and reaches up into tiers of, of larger cap and down into tiers of smaller cap. Because again, what are we saying? We're looking for good balance sheets. We're looking for visibility in moats a year or two out rather than five to 10 years out. And we want the, you know, the balance sheet to be strong enough to support that. That is, you know, not too much debt, you know, but enough to essentially help generate a, a nice stable ROE. And so that, you know, that's a, that's a diversifier in and of itself. It's a place where I think that uh, managers are going to find themselves uh, some nice performance. And so kind of putting this all together, then when you look across the market, what do you see as the key headwinds and tailwinds going forward and what scenarios might cause these to materialize? Let's start with headwinds first. I mean, obviously, the the bigger headwinds are that stimulus fails to stimulate due to perhaps not getting enough shots in arms in time to battle the variants that are in place right now. And thus, we can't open the economy, reopen it the way that we want to. So we're not going to see the GDP growth that we want to. So now we don't have the GDP growth in place. We don't have anything else in place. And so that becomes a headwind going forward. Uh, Another potential headwind going forward is that all of the stimulus in place tends to actually look more inflationary than we are expecting right now. You know, the thought is certainly coming from Fed Chair Powell is that this is a transitory inflationary vision that we've seen. But if it becomes actually more permanent, that becomes a, a massive headwind to equities as well. Tailwinds are very simple. Everything works, right? Vaccines work. Stimulus works. Growth is real. GDP growth is real. That's a, a very strong scenario for equities to, you know, to move up into the low double digits again this year. 
And kind of just building on that, if everything works, what about that big I word, inflation? What happens if we do manage to to actually see tangible inflation that's not transitory? What happens if it's if it's significantly more than than we expect and it lasts? If that's the case, we will see corrective activity that will mute returns for 2021. 2021 could be a flattish year, perhaps even negative if that happens. And I guess back to what you said before, that's another reason possibly to lean into quality like you described, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And we think that quality is essentially equity's best safe haven for 2021. Perfect. I think that is a great note to end on. And I just want to thank everyone for staying tuned. And until next time, take care. Thanks for listening to Markets in Focus from Carillon Tower Advisors. Please find additional episodes and market insight at marketsinfocuspodcast.com. You can also subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. Until next time, I'm Matt Orton. Podcasts are for informational purposes only. This channel is not monitored by Carillon Tower Advisors. Please visit marketsandfocuspodcast.com for additional disclosure. This material is a general communication being provided for information purposes only. It is educational in nature and not designed to be taken as advice or a recommendation for any specific investment product, strategy, plan feature, or other purpose in any jurisdiction, nor is it a commitment from Carillon Tower Advisors or any of its affiliates to participate in any of the transactions mentioned herein. Any examples used are generic, hypothetical, and for illustration purposes only. This material does not contain sufficient information to support an investment decision, and you should not rely on it in evaluating the merits of investing in any securities or products. In addition, you Users should make an independent assessment of the legal, regulatory, tax, credit, and accounting implications and make their own determinations together with their own professionals in those fields. Any forecasts, figures, opinions, or investment techniques and strategies set out are for information purposes only based on certain assumptions and current market conditions and are subject to change without prior notice. All information presented herein is considered to be accurate at the time of production, but no warranty of accuracy is given and no liability in respect of any error or omission is accepted. It should be noted that investment involves risks. The value of investments and the income from them may fluctuate in accordance with market conditions and taxation agreements, and investors may not get back the full amount invested. Both past performance and yields are not reliable indicators of current and future results. Past performance does not guarantee or indicate future results. There is no guarantee that these investment strategies will work under all market conditions, and each investor should evaluate their ability to invest for the long term, especially during periods of downturn in the market. Investing involves risk and may incur a profit or loss. Investment returns and principal value will fluctuate so that an investor's portfolio, when redeemed, may be worth more or less than their original cost. Diversification does not ensure a profit or guarantee against loss. 